Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. In the early stages when people die, I find if I have a psychic dream, I can still talk to them or they will say something to me. We can keep a continuing bond and it helps others as well because it lessens our sufferings. Welcome to The Ghost Files. My name is Karina Machado and I'm the author of Spirit Sisters, Where Spirits Dwell and Love Never Dies. For decades, I've been listening to ordinary people tell me about their extraordinary experiences, from seeing an apparition to receiving signs from beyond and messages from late loved ones. What can an encounter with the dead teach us about living? Find out each week. My guest today on The Ghost Files is Elizabeth, who's learnt that the death of a loved one can be the doorway to spiritual awakening. For Elizabeth, losing her parents taught her that there is no death because both showered her with abundant signs of their presence and enduring love. New South Wales-based Elizabeth is a counsellor and author whose books include The Unsaid, A Guide to Developing Psychic Skills and the upcoming How to Communicate with Loved Ones in Spirit. Today, Liz is going to share what happened after her parents died and how her bond with her father is tighter now than when he was alive. Welcome to The Ghost Files, Liz. Oh, thanks, Karina. So, today we're going to talk about the events that unfolded after each of your Mm. parents passed away. But just before we get into that, let's cast back to your childhood. What was life like for you then? Yeah, I was a bit of a rebel in my childhood because... uh, you know, we had a few things going on at home. And I think, you know, sometimes those disturbances can lead to um, people having psychic experiences or out-of-body experiences because they're looking for something else to connect with, you know. I think that's very true. And I don't think it's a, you know, coincidence that very often in cases of, uh, you know, psychic disturbance and poltergeist activity at the heart of it, very often there is a teenager. Mm, yeah, I believe that. I mean, the creative force is pretty strong and it will reach out. I used to astral travel a lot when I was a kid, but I'd have to work really hard to do that now as an adult, you know. But, but back um, then it was it was natural. Easy, just pop up there looking down, you know. And what sorts of <laughs> adventures would you have out of your body? Oh, you know, you just go up there looking down sort of thing. It was just a natural organic sort of occurrence, so I didn't place too much importance on it because when it happens when you're a kid, you just think everyone's doing that. Yes. You know, which some people are, but I didn't run into anybody or anything. (laughs) And so did you actually travel out into space or was it more just in your room looking down on your body as you slept, that kind of thing? Yeah, probably just in the room looking down and, you know, probably just trying to get a bit of an outlet for, you know, thoughts, creative thoughts or, you know, um, boredom, probably boredom in my case. And, um, you know, just, yeah, popping out so that you can 
try to get a handle on something or make something creative. You don't know what you're doing when you're a child, but you just follow the organic route, you know? So that was one of the ways in which your psychic abilities emerged, I guess, you know, this very um, natural astral traveling out of body experiences. What about um, awareness of a spirit world? What Did you have any experiences and was this, you know, a topic that you could discuss in your home? Um, probably not so much then, you know, every, you know, we all like ghost stories and creepy movies and things like that. But, um, yeah, it was, wasn't until I got a bit older, um, that I started becoming more creative and, you know, sort of combining elements of the religious, um, activities, like coming from a Catholic background and, um, you know, thinking for myself that, you know, other creative ideas arose. Mm, like what? And, and. Oh, just connections with people, connections, you know, being connected, feeling connected to certain people and not to other people. Okay, sort of like a, a law of attraction, like a resonance with certain people on a, on a similar spiritual path perhaps? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, I, yeah, that's really something I feel quite deeply. I can tell straight away if I can connect on that level, mind, body, spirit level or you know, I can just see in 3D through people, you know. It's just a strange kind of thing, but they don't know you're doing it, but <laughs> it's becoming really obvious. So it's like a, an extreme form of empathy. Yeah, yeah, you could say that, yeah. Okay. So let's let's go on to talk about what happened um, when your – well, first it was your dad, I believe, Liz, who passed away around 15 years ago. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dad passed. I mean, the first thing that happened was I wasn't there. I wasn't there when either of my parents um, passed, actually. But with Dad, I was living in Potts Point. I opened the window in the bathroom and there was bars on the window there and there was a huge, dead, crackly brown leaf. You know, I don't know how it got in there, but I just knew that Dad had gone. Mm. and I was too late. I was on my way to sort of go to the nursing home and file his nails and do those little things for him and everything, but I was too late. Yes. And, um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. So, but now yes. you know, we, have, we have a great um, loving connection. You know, when people go and you, you know, you, you just love them and you miss them, you know, you, you can transmute those energies into something you know, more fabulous and, and loving and more joyful. Like with my books, you know, that my parents actually inspired me to write about them through missing them and loving them, you know. And that's a way for you to then help others, reach others that may, might be experiencing similar grief through, exactly. through your books. Yes, so yeah, that you're exactly. transmuting, as you say, the sadness into something positive. Yeah, like alchemy. Yeah, anyone can do it. But, you know, we don't talk about it over dinner or you know, we just don't know. We're not taught these things at school or anything. So yes, you know. yes. So tell us, Liz, what were the other signs that your dad and what was his name, please, Liz? Oh, his name was Fred. Fred. Alfred. <laughs> yeah. What well, were the other ways was, he let you know he well, was with you? Well, his name was Alfred Leonard Guys, and so I'd always be seeing, you know, his name on number plates, ALG. Is when I went to visit Mum, I had to go and visit Mum for four years every month to Grafton. It was nine hours on a train one way. Oh. He's someone had written his name on the bridge that I had to cross between the nursing home over a bridge to the to the motel. Mm. And someone had written his name Fred. So, you know, he was always there. Whether it was his name on a number plate of a car or on the bridge, you know, when I crossed over sometimes six times a day I saw his name. I live in a suburb that's got his name in it 
Point Frederick and, <laughs> you know, um, all sorts of things. His number of his birthday comes up everywhere. And, um, yeah, we just connect strongly. I see people who look like him all the time. When he died, Mum and I saw a guy outside a cafe who looked exactly like Dad. He even had a signet ring on that was exactly like the one Mum was telling me that she gave him. That can definitely be a sign. I've certainly heard of that in other people's experiences before when someone looks so uncannily like the loved one. It is a sign yeah. that they're they're with you. I believe I believe they set it up because they're quite powerful in spirit. You know, I believe they set those things up. It's not by chance. It's not by accident. You know. No. So those. So you had okay those instances of synchronicities then those that and you know when you're seeing your father's name six times a day that is sort of more than chance it would seem right. Yeah, because they could have written Paul or David on there. You know, but yeah. it was Fred. You know, <laughs> yeah, could have been anything else. It's not such a common name anymore these days. That's true. Yeah. And and I believe your father also visited you in your dreams. Is that right, Liz? Yeah, he's visited a few times. I mean, in the early stages when people die, I find if I have a psychic dream, I can still talk to them and they will or they will say something to me. Not a huge conversation, but they will actually speak. But then as time goes on, we have to communicate on a different level because they're relocated to other realms and we only use the love transmission or telepathy. Mm. You know, we have to use the senses, signs, symbols, things that come to us personally. It's like the other day there was a, a, a feather in my letterbox mm. and that's like a postcard from above, you know. Yes, that's beautiful. And you're right, they have to use the mechanisms of our world, as you say, our language and our material surroundings to get through. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it's very personal just for you. I mean, if, if you got the message that from my mother, you know, mightn't make any sense or vice versa, but, you know, for you it's very personal individual message, you know, just for you from love, you know, it's really nice. Mm. Mm. And so you mentioned something interesting before. You said when you have a psychic dream, tell us about the difference between a psychic dream and a typical dream. Well, I sometimes think that a typical dream is like a watching a crazy movie on a TV, small TV, where you know, there's lots of coming and going and there's a lot of confusion. You can't remember it when you wake up and, you know, you no one really knows what's going on. But in a psychic dream, you know, it's like vista vision, you know, extreme screen and you're in there, you're overseeing, you're proactive, you know, you're it's all vivid and you are – you know, you are in the dream. You know, you are talking to the people who've passed. Mm. I've heard other That's experiences amazing. describe it as more real than life. Exactly. Yeah, it's like Vista Vision, you know. Vista Vision, I like <laughs> that. Dream screen. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. Liz, so your dad, I know that there was one really quite lovely dream to do with a guitar. Can you tell the listeners about that? Yeah, well, when I was 13 or something like that, I, I begged my parents to get me a guitar, you know, I begged them, and they did get me one for Christmas. And it came in at that time, it came in a um, a cardboard, corrugated cardboard box in the shape of a guitar. Mm -hmm. And then when Dad died, you know, I had a psychic dream and all my dreams seemed to be in rooms or crossing roads or things. So I crossed the road at my old school and, and Dad came around the corner wearing the jumper that, you know, the cream woolen jumper that we bought him when, for his birthday once. He seemed to have it on, on a few times. That's lovely. I, <laughs> I know. It's real recognition. And I said, Dad, you know, and he had this thing under his arm and I knew what it was. 
And he said to me, look, have you thought about picking up the guitar again? And did you take up that advice? No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's something to keep in mind perhaps. So we'll leave um, the story of your dad for the moment, but it's lovely to think that your relationship is continuing to improve and grow even though he's in the spirit world. And now a similar thing is happening with mum who passed away only two years ago. That's right. Yeah, yeah. for a long time I didn't get any connection. It was really worrying me. I didn't have any connection at all and I couldn't get any dreams or anything. And then and then after several months I started having the dreams. And the first dream I had, she was in this room because I think if you have intervention when you – when you pass, I think maybe you just go to sleep for a long time or something. I'm not sure. But Do you mean on the other this... side as a healing, so yeah. because you've been through yeah. a trauma of sorts or medic- like heavily medicated? Yes, I have read that there are healing places that our loved ones who are in need of it can rest in in the afterlife. The first time I saw her, she was on like a hospital bed, a gurney or whatever you call it, and she had a sheet over it and I was shocked that, you know, she seemed to be alive, you know. So I said, Mum, do you want to sit up? And she said yes. And then she sat up and then there seemed to be like uh, a stand there with oxygen or, or a drip of some kind or something. And we both seemed to realise that she needed that and we both reached for it at the same time. Mm. So it was like a phase of, you know, transitioning. The next dream was, you know, really weird and um, I was following her around this house, all these rooms. It, was, it wasn't really brightly lit. It was kind of dim and it looked like more like a movie set because it had all sorts of stuff. It was probably realms of different things that had gone on there or people had passed through there. I don't know. You know, I probably didn't want to let it go, but I was just an overseer walking behind her and I said, would you like to come and stay with me for three or four days? I said, it's really comfortable. She turned around to me and she said, are you sure? She'd been lying in a hospital bed for, you know, four years and, you know, I guess she needed some comfort, you know. I mean, mean, my intentions were good, but, you know, I could see that she was telling the truth, you know. (laughs) But she she was on this quest. And then we went through a few more rooms and we got to this other room, which is a a bigger room, quite large, and Mum just stood there and there was this other lady in there, uh, a New York um, fashion designer, and I recognised that person from, you know, pictures and magazines. But Mum didn't say anything. She just walked over to this lady and she sort of stood behind her and then right in front of my eyes they kind of merged they kind of merged together as one one entity. It's kind of like an Egyptian burial kind of um, afterlife. The whole face became like white alabaster and it was just pure like a goddess and the eyes were gorgeous and the, the lips were smiling the whole while. And then the eyebrows went and then all the hair from the head receded and went and she became like this bald goddess. That is extraordinary. That, she looked absolutely amazing. This thing came from behind the head and it went over the top of that bald alabaster beautiful head and stopped just where the third eye was. And that's also another Egyptian kind of head ornament they had for the burial rites. Is that something you researched after having the experience? I did. And um, I found that that was true. When you woke up, what did you make of this experience? What was that telling you, that vision that you'd seen? 
Yeah, look, what I got from that, what I think I was meant to see and understand from that experience, because that was the end of that dream, was that, you know, we are really all one living, breathing, biological people. We Mm -hmm. are like a piece of a beautiful pie. We're all one living, breathing organism, I feel. And it's happening from, you know, before birth to birth and, you know, all through life. And, and then, then beyond. On. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. So I think that's what I was meant to get from that, about the transmutation of energies and from something in decline to something more beautiful. That's lovely. And certainly that's the basis of many spiritual teachings, that we are all one, we are all connected. And your experience illustrates that in this really lovely, unusual way. And something else mm. strikes me that you said. So you said that the the setting for this dream was sort of like a movie set in that you saw, you know, bits and pieces from all sorts of different times. It seemed like a lot of different realms. Realms. But through different realms and times and consciousness of people's living through that home and then dying and all that as well. So was that a comforting experience for you in the wake of losing your mum to have this sort of mystical vision of her union into all that is? Yeah, it was a bit weird. <laughs> but I, I feel like, you know, I was meant to see it because I got that transmutation energy and also it helped me to be able to carry her with me because she did go with that person and we are all one and some sort of connection. Yes, a reminder of enduring connection. That's really lovely. Um, yeah. do, do you think we're all able to communicate with our late loved ones in some way or another? I do, but we have to, it's like a muscle you have to develop, you know, you have to develop intuition. It takes time and disciplines. And I think the mind, body and spirit have to be in harmony Mm. before that can really happen. You can't expect to get information from higher realms because it's absolutely a transition into a transmission of the frequency of love. That, That is the only way we can connect with that. So it's like we have to be, it's like tuning a radio, we have to be attuned to the frequency of love in order to find that connection. Yeah, I feel feel that, yeah. yeah. One other thing that happened, Mm. I I was missing mum so much, you know, and I had to work out what part of me was missing her so badly, you know, um, and I I just really wanted to just be able to hug her, you know, which when the person's physical body is gone, it's not easy. So... Mm. I worked out that it was my the physical thing that I just needed to, I really would want to hug her if I could. And so I sort of prayed and put the wish out there and I really put a lot of focus and energy into that. And that night I had, an, I had another psychic dream where Dad turned up on this road. I mean, he was always the leader of the pack sort of thing. But then Mum was next to him and then her beloved auntie and uncle who we loved and they all just stood there in like a solidarity Mm. Nobody spoke because it was after, was quite a while after they died, and I was able to go over and give them all an individual hug, and it really helped me. It oh. really, it was like a fabulous gift. That's exactly what I needed. So I think ask and you can receive. You know. Oh, that is that's fantastic. What I needed. And I and certainly you've written about this in your upcoming book, how to communicate with loved ones in spirit. So that I feel will be so helpful to so many. Yeah, because we, we can all we can all connect with loved ones, but because they they've been relocated to upper realms, you know, it's a different language, and we have to learn the language of you know telepathy and looking for signs and symbols and colours and connections through feathers that 
fall in front of you or, you know, seeing people who look like them or um, getting a personal message or hearing something the parent or someone might have said or, you know, there's so many ways that we connect it. But if we're not in tune with it, we'll miss it. We won't see the signs. So we shouldn't be quick to disregard those things that, you know, we might think are just coincidence. Exactly. Because sometimes, you know, like you might see a bus go past for a week with a sign that says, it's going to get messy or something like that, you know. (laughs) And it might be pertaining to something you're going through, you know. That's very true. Well, Liz, it's been a joy to speak with you today. And I'm just going to finish up with the question I put to all of my guests on the Ghost Files. Mm -hmm. What can an encounter with the dead teach us about living? I think it's how we can transmute these energies. For instance, like say, for instance, if you if you lose a pet and, you know, you don't want to get another pet just now, but you can um, in time wash all those beautiful, you know, rugs and toys and things that your pet had and you can donate them to, you know, wires or, um, you know, um, pet shops or mm. – um, you know, the, the foster homes or care for a dog or you can walk dogs or, or show a dog. You know, there's lots of things you can do to transmit those energies and turn them into something beautiful. And by doing so, you make life for yourself and others better. Yeah, and, and it's all through your your lovely dog. Yeah. Your dog, your dog is not forgotten in that way and the energy goes on. But I also think that, you know, we can keep a continuing bond and it helps others as well because it lessens our sufferings. We don't have to suffer so deeply in grief if we can just compartmentalise that mind-body-spirit thing and just look at a few different aspects in you know, spirit and practical things as well. I couldn't agree more, Liz. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a joy to speak with you and um, we'll look out for your books. Oh, thanks, Karina. It was lovely talking to you too. Thank you for opening up The Ghost Files with us. I'm Karina Machado and we'll be back next week with more true life tales of spooky encounters. So please rate, review and subscribe. It helps others just like you to find the podcast. In the meantime, you can check out my other podcast about mysteries and marvels, Spirit Sisters, based on my best-selling book. Thanks again and we'll catch you next time for more Goosebumps.